Hold your finger there in the book of Matthew chapter 1 and turn over uh, to Isaiah chapter 7 and that's where we'll meet in just a few minutes. I want to mention a few things uh, real quickly uh, as uh, by way of introduction of some things and uh, uh, one prayer request uh, before we get started. I wanted to let everyone know that Tina Snelling's grandmother uh, passed away this morning, Frankie Gerald, so uh, we want to extend our sympathy to that family uh, and let them know uh, that we are thinking about them as well in addition to those that have already been uh, announced. I want to... uh, make you uh, or or encourage you to think about some things. Uh, Thank you if you're visiting here today, visiting friends. If you're looking for a church home, we hope that you will look no further and that you will uh, highly consider uh, making this your church home. Uh, This Wednesday evening, because of the holiday week, you know, the office will be closed um, tomorrow and Tuesday. But on Wednesday evening, we will meet here. We will have no classes. Everyone will meet here in the auditorium at 7 p.m. We have a a great service planned. Uh, So if, uh, if you're in town and you're going to be available, I want to encourage you to be a part of that. Also, don't forget next Sunday is our fifth Sunday. Uh, we have three of our young men who are studying to go into full-time ministry and they'll be with us conducting that, those services uh, uh, this Sunday. And we'll also enjoy uh, a potluck meal back in the fellowship uh, room. So make sure that you're making plans for that. I know there's going to be a lot of eating taking place probably today and later this week, but uh, we will be doing that also next Sunday. And I want to mention something to you. Uh, I wanted to introduce this to you. I thought about waiting to tonight, but I wanted uh, to introduce this to you um, because we're at the end of the year. Next week we'll have our fifth Sunday. But I wanted to just put a plug about some things that have been working, been in the workings for several months now in thinking about a theme for next year. And particularly what I want to encourage you and remind you about and let you know of are some things that we'll be doing on Sunday evenings. We're going to take an overall theme with just the word connected or connection. We want to encourage connections. And we're going to talk about that on Sunday mornings over the next uh, year. But we're going to do some things on Sunday night that if we're we're talking about this theme of connecting, we want to connect uh, with with God. We want to connect with each other. And we want to provide some of those ways. And so uh, we've been working uh, for several weeks. And there's still some things to iron out on this. But on Sunday evenings, we're going to be doing some things along the line of connecting. Now, It's not going to be wild or crazy things. Uh, It'll be pretty much uh, similar to what we normally do. But one of the things that we wanted to do is we wanted to have a singing night. We wanted to focus on connecting in song with one another. Now, uh, some people hear that and they think, oh, a singing night. But I want you to know every time we have a singing night, it will be different. It's not going to be the same. Okay, And so we've come up with about six different themes for those singing nights. And we're calling that Connecting in Song Night. And Bradley and Michael and others will be involved in that. There's going to be a a time we've done this in the summer. And we're calling it Connecting with Our Church Family. Where we meet back in the ministry building. Where we have um, about a 30-minute service. And then we enjoy some sort of fellowship uh, meal together. And uh, the reason I'm mentioning these is because I want you to know our first one will be on Sunday evening, January the 6th. Now, uh, we have something that will be the first Sunday night, the second Sunday night, the third Sunday night, and the fourth Sunday night. Um, 
This time we're switching because of Evangelism University. Don't forget about Evangelism University. We're switching because on the Sunday night of Evangelism University, we're going to have a singing time, but also a prayer time. Uh, you will notice, by the way, I just came to my mind, I'm supposed to let you know, be planting the seed, Sunday morning worship, the Sunday of EU will be at 9 a.m. So go ahead and mark that in your minds and your calendars at 9 a.m. But that Sunday evening when we come back together, we're going to sing some songs together, and then we're going to spend some time in prayer. Praying about the things that have happened over that weekend. Praying about the individuals that uh, EU has changed their lives, and especially those who decided to give their life to Jesus. And so we're going to pray about those things, as well as have a time of singing. But that first Sunday night of January, January the 6th, we're going to enjoy the back of the bulletin. It's on the back of the bulletin. It's going, we're going to do soup and sandwiches, okay? Soup and sandwiches, and we're going to enjoy that time back in the ministry building. And there's going to be some other things that, that we're working on. Uh, it's going to involve some of, some of you men. Uh, many of you have, the, have over the past, uh, given some lessons, and so we're going to give you that opportunity as well. And we're going to call that Connecting with Themes of the Bible. So uh, you may not have been contacted yet if you typically uh, do a talk, uh, but um, you will be. And maybe you've been on the edge, boy, I might like to do that, or I, I, I'm not sure. You might be contacted as well. And so we have an extensive uh, list of men that we're going to be contacting. And we're going to have the opportunity to hear some things on some themes that's already been determined uh, to hear from these men. And so we're excited about the things that will happen and take place on Sunday evenings in 2019. So I just wanted to put that plug for you to be thinking about. want to encourage you to pray about that. want to encourage you you to plan on being here on Sunday evenings because we think it will be a great opportunity for us to connect in different ways as we think about and plan and work towards connecting in a number of different ways in 2019. By the way, I do want to wish every one of you a Merry Christmas and if you're here with family, we hope that you will have a great time with your family this week. And we want to encourage you to be safe as you travel back home and others that will be traveling as well. I want to uh, share with you, I don't normally do a lot of this, but I came across uh, some things that share a little Christmas humor. And I, I want to share that with you. Uh, just a couple of questions with some answers. Question number one, what do you get when you combine a Christmas tree and an iPad? Answer, a pineapple. Next question, what do you get, uh, what do you call an F who sings? A rapper. Third question, why was Santa's little helper depressed? The answer, because he had low elf esteem. And the fourth question, what, what do you call an obnoxious reindeer? Rude off. <laughs> So I hope you enjoy those, those uh, little things of Christmas humor. I want you to think about this story. There was a story about a young boy who's traveling to visit his grandparents. And while he's on the plane, he, he sat down beside this college theological professor. And the, the, the young boy is reading a, a Sunday school take-home paper. And so this professor, he decides, I'm going to have a little fun with this boy. And he says to the young man, he says, If you can tell me something that God can do, I'll give you a big shiny apple. To which the young man thought for a moment and he replied, Mister, 
If you can tell me something God can't do, I'll give you a whole barrel of apples. Isn't God amazing? Now, we understand that in Scripture, the Bible says God cannot lie. So we understand there's some things, uh, a few things that God cannot do. But isn't God amazing? Isn't God an awesome God? Amen. The Bible tells us that Emmanuel means God with us. And so this morning, I want us to take a few minutes and I want us to look back through Scripture and I want us to notice what Emmanuel meant to some of those individuals and then make application today. First of all, turn back in your Old Testament to the book of Isaiah chapter 7. Isaiah chapter 7, and we'll notice about verse 14 here in just a few minutes. But in chapter 7, uh, Isaiah is speaking to Ahaz, the king of Judah. Even though Ahaz was the king of God's people, the southern kingdom of Judah, Ahaz was an evil man. He was not faithful to God. And as you look through some of the kings of the Old Testament, the kings of God's people, by the way, many of them will say that they followed in their father's footsteps and they were not faithful to God like their father. And then there were a few of them who, uh, the Bible would say, they followed in their father's step, footsteps and they were faithful uh, to God. But Ahab was, Ahaz was one of those who was an evil man. He did not follow uh, God faithfully. He was also known to have made uh, sacrifices of his children to some false gods. And so when we think about the character of this man, it may be interesting to realize how God dealt with this evil man, Ahaz. You see, some things that were going on in, in ancient times, the Assyrians, they had uh, developed this world power. They were a very growing world power and world influence. And because of that, Syria and Israel, they were concerned, and so they decided to uh, make a coalition, Syria, Israel, and Judah. And so they approached King Ahaz, and they uh, informed him of this idea. Well, Ahaz, he was a little unsure. In fact, he, he wasn't sure whether to join this coalition or not. But because of his hesitation, because of his not giving an answer, maybe wavering, Syria and Israel, they decided, okay, fine, don't join us. We're get, we'll get rid of you and we'll put somebody else on the throne that will go along with us. And because of that, King Ahaz, he became afraid. And he decided to go to the king of the Assyrians. And he sent a delegation with articles of gold and silver and things like that from the temple to hire the king of the Assyrians to protect him. And it was then when God sends Isaiah to King Ahaz to try to get him to rely on God. And someone said it's basically like Isaiah saying, look Ahaz, if you would only put your faith in God and put everything in his hands, then you would be alright and God would take care of you. But Ahaz did not want to do that. In chapter 7 and verse 4 the Bible says, Isaiah was to tell Ahaz this, be careful, keep calm, and don't be afraid. Do not lose heart because of these two smoldering stubs, Syria and Israel, of firewood. And as have been mentioned, you see, they wanted to invade Judah. They wanted to take King Ahaz off his throne. And so Isaiah is instructed to tell Ahaz in verse 7, Yet, this is what the Sovereign Lord says, I, It will not take place. It will not happen. 
But as we've mentioned, Ahaz refused. But it's interesting to know, despite his unfaithfulness, what God did. Look at Isaiah chapter 7, beginning in verse 14. The Bible says, Therefore the Lord Himself will give you a sign. Behold, the virgin shall conceive and bear a son, and shall call his name Emmanuel. Curds and honey he shall eat, that he may know to refuse the evil and choose the good. For before the child shall know to refuse the evil and choose the good, the land that you dread will be forsaken by both kings. Amazingly, God did not withdraw His promise. God wanted to give him a sign that this was from God. He refused. But God did not withdraw His promise because of His unfaithfulness and His unbelief. God was faithful to the remnant of Judah who remained faithful to Him. It's as if someone said, God was saying, I'm going to send this child whether Ahaz fails me or not. And this child will be, be born. And a virgin, a virgin will conceive and his name will be called Emmanuel. Now a child was born in Ahaz's day. It wasn't Christ the Lord. But it was a child that was a sign for Ahaz and for the people of Judah. Now in chapter 8, Isaiah chapter 8, beginning in verse 3, the Bible says, Then I went to the prophetess, and she conceived and bore a son. Then the Lord said to me, Call his name Meher Shalal Hashbaz, which means hurry to the spoils, or he has made haste to the plunder. For, the, for before the child shall have knowledge to cry, My father and my mother, the riches of Damascus and the spoil of Samaria will be taken away before the king of, of Assyria." Now that child was to signify that the God of all grace was with His people. Amidst the trials, the tribulations, the pressures of the nation of Judah, by governments, by politics, by all the things of pressures of men and kings, God remained faithful to His people. And folks... That was an encouragement to them and that should be an encouragement to us. That's what Emmanuel meant to Isaiah. It was a child that would be born in his day. But also, also Isaiah talks about a child that would be born in the future. It would, be, it would signify the deliverance of God's people. Isaiah chapter 9 and verse 6. Notice what the Bible says. Isaiah prophesies about that coming child. For unto us a child is born, unto us a son is given, and the government will be upon his shoulder. And his name will be called Wonderful, Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace, of the increase of his government. And peace, there will be no end. Upon the throne of David and over his kingdom, to order it and establish it with judgment and justice from this time forward and ever, for, for, even forever. The zeal of the Lord of hosts will perform this. So for Isaiah, Emmanuel represented a sign from God about a child that will be born that would be called Emmanuel, God with us. But also for the coming Christ child, Emmanuel, God with us. I want, to turn, I want to encourage you to turn to your Bibles to the book of Matthew chapter 1. 
Matthew chapter 1, and a more familiar story to us. And I want to challenge us to be mindful that though it can't be proven that December the 25th is the birth of Jesus. And there are some who celebrate that as a religious holiday. But I want to encourage us in a time in a time where there is a lot of disbelief in Almighty God, Jesus Christ. In a time where there are other world religions growing at a great rate who do not declare Jesus Christ as the Son of God or Jehovah as the Almighty God. Let us be encouraged to share Emmanuel with people through our lives this week, next week, in 2019 and beyond. Because, thank God Almighty, Christ Jesus was born. Thank God Almighty, Christ Jesus went to that cross on our behalf. And He died. And He was buried. And He rose again. So that we might too. What did Emmanuel mean to Matthew? Look in your New Testament, Matthew chapter 1, beginning in verse 18. Now the birth of Jesus Christ was as follows. After his mother Mary was betrothed to Joseph, before they came together, she was found with child of the Holy Spirit. Then Joseph, her husband, being a just man, and not wanting to make her a public example, was minded to put her away secretly. But while he thought about these things... Behold, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream, saying, Joseph, son of David, do not be afraid to take to you Mary, your wife, for that which is conceived in her is of the Holy Spirit. And she shall bring forth a son, and you shall call his name Jesus, for he will save his people from their sins. So all this was done that it might be fulfilled, which was spoken by the Lord through the prophet Isaiah, who we've already read. Verse 23, Behold, the virgin will be with child and bear a son, and they shall call his name Emmanuel, which is translated, God with us. Then Joseph, being aroused from sleep, did as the angel of the Lord commanded, and he took to him Mary, his wife. There's a story told about an artist who drew a picture of a winter twilight. The picture's like this. The trees within the picture were heavily laden with snow. There was a dreary, dark house on the background that looked lonely and desolate. Right there, in the midst of the storm, all that could be seen was a dark, black house shadowed with the silhouette of these trees. It was a sad picture. But then with a quick stroke, just one quick stroke, with a yellow crayon... The artist simply put in a streak of light coming from the window. The effect was transforming. It was magical because the entire scene was translated into a vision of comfort, a vision of hope, a vision of cheer, a vision of light. Just like we read about in Isaiah chapter 9. In a few verses before what we read, the Bible says this, the people walking in darkness 
have seen a great light. Have people seen the light of Jesus in a dark world today? Because we do live in a dark world. There are some great things. There are some joyous things. And the most joyous things is seeing Jesus Christ through the lives of His people. You see, that's what the name Emmanuel meant to Matthew. Do you remember John was recorded as saying, Jesus recorded the words of Jesus saying, He is the light of the world. Now Matthew being a tax collector, tax collectors were shunned by those Jewish brothers. Tax collectors were really not thought highly of by the Roman government either. And so can you imagine, can you imagine Matthew likely not having many friends? Can you imagine the wealth that he enjoyed? And can you imagine the loneliness that also accompanied the job that he did? So for Matthew, having Emmanuel in his life brought light, it brought hope, it brought the reality of God with him. Just as the first Emmanuel did in Isaiah chapter 7. It signified hope for Israel. So the birth of Christ. Our Emmanuel signifies hope and deliverance from a life of sin, from eternity in hell. The birth of both Emmanuels, the first and the second, signifies God's presence with His people. The world had waited 700 years for that fulfillment. Jesus coming into the world and in Matthew's day surely was good news, wasn't it? Jesus is God's saving act among His people. Jesus is God with us. Jesus is the light of the world, a light shining in the darkness. Jesus is freedom from a life of bondage from sin. So that's what Emmanuel meant to Matthew. And you know, it's important to look back and see what Emmanuel meant to Isaiah, that idea of deliverance for God's people. It's it's important to look back and see what Emmanuel meant to Matthew and those in that day to be a, a sign of hope of God being with us. But here is the application. Here is the challenging question for you and I today. What should Emmanuel mean to us? Are you aware that God's most frequent promise in the Bible is that I will be with you? When God asked Moses to go back to Egypt and free his people, do you remember what Moses uh, said to God, or God said to Moses? You remember Moses did not want to go. He was, he was unsure of himself. Do you remember what God said to Moses? He said, I will be with you. And he was there with him. When Joshua took over leadership after Moses, he was a younger and inexperienced leader. Do you remember in Joshua chapter 1 and verse 9, which by the way, this was the third time God had said this to Joshua. Do you remember what God said? Have I not commanded you? Be strong and courageous. Why should he be strong and courageous? Do not be afraid nor be dismayed, for the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. 
side note there. Isn't it interesting? That when God called Joshua to do this great thing, to fill the shoes of this great man, Moses, this great leader, that he said, listen, it's not going to be easy. He never said it's going to be easy. There's not a lot in life that's easy, that's worth anything, is it? But in that, God said, listen, I want you to be strong and courageous because I will be with you wherever you go. In fact, Jesus in His last words to His disciples before He sent them out on the Great Commission in Matthew chapter 28, the Bible says, And lo, I am with you always, even to the end of the age. This is God's promise. This was God's promise to them and this is God's promise to us. Emmanuel is God with us. The Bible tells us that Jesus promised the Holy Spirit to them. The Bible uh, goes on to further let us know that He now dwells in His people. In Acts chapter 2 and verse 38, the Bible says, Repent and let every one of you be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of your sins, and you shall receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. Paul writes about that in Romans chapter 8 and verse 11. And then in 1 Corinthians chapter 3 and verse 16, Do you not know, do you not know that you are the temple of God and that the Spirit of God dwells in you? God in Emmanuel is with us. Wherever we are, He is there. God is with us. God has promised us that, to be with His people. Hebrews chapter 13 and verse 5, the Bible says, For He Himself has said, I will never leave you nor forsake you. There may be times where you don't know where God is. You're wondering where God is. But the reality is, He's there. In tough times, when we lose our jobs when our health is failing, when we face financial difficulties, the reality is the Lord is there. You see, He never said it would be easy. Just like, he, uh, just like to Joshua. He didn't tell Joshua it would be easy, but He said, I will be with you. That's why one of my most favorite poems is Footprints in the Sand. You remember in that poem, it's when there's a single set of footprints, the, the writer says, God, in my most trying times, there's only one set of footprints. And he says, yes, my child, that's because during those times I was carrying you. The psalmist would say in Psalm chapter 9, verses 9 and 10, The Lord also will be a refuge for the oppressed, a refuge in times of trouble, and those who know your name will put their trust in you. For you, Lord, have not forsaken those who seek you. In Psalm chapter 23, that great psalm, do you remember what the psalmist wrote? Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death. The Hebrew writer says, it's appointed unto man once to die and after that the judgment. So the reality is, all will die. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, there will be pain, there will be sorrow in this life. I will feel no, no evil, for you are with me. Emmanuel, God with 
us. You see, God wants to uh, be close to us. He wants to be our companion for life. But the big question is, the big question today, tomorrow, on Christmas Day, on New Year's Day, and every other day after that that we have to ask is, are we willing to let Him be our companion? God's not going to force Himself on us. He respects our free will that He created us with. The right to choose. But the reality is not everyone loves God's presence. Some would prefer to walk in their own way. And if you're here today, I hope that's not the case with you. Others really in life are simply just not interested. And you know, one thing I try to remind my kids about is don't worry about what so-and-so's doing. Worry about what you're doing. Because see, here's the, here's the question. It's not that there are people that will turn away from God or that will not follow God and choose to just follow their own way. You see, here's the, where the rubber meets the road for you and I. What about me? What about me? What will you do with Emmanuel today? God wants us to draw near to Him. But the question is, will we? God is closer than you think. And when we feel distant from God, you know what the reality is? God did not move, did He? We did. If anyone shows a lack of effort in a relationship between us and God, it's not God. God has always done His part and continues to do His part. He's still reaching for us today, wherever we are. Whatever your situation is today. Maybe, you see, here's the reality that sometimes I think we forget. Uh, not a lot of us, but sometimes we, it slips our minds. And all the joy and all the um, wonder of the season and the time with family and friends. There are people that are lonely. There are people that are hurting. There are people that don't look forward to this time of the year. They need Jesus. They need Emmanuel. And sometimes that comes in the form of His people. Just like those we pass by on the street, those we see at the grocery store, at school, or in the office. God is there wherever we are, whatever our circumstances are. But the question is, will we reach toward Him? I want to close with... Uh, a few sentences that someone wrote I think are powerful. Let's marvel at the fact that the virgin was with child and that the child was Emmanuel, God with us. Let us welcome God into our lives and never let Him go. Let us live with courage and confidence knowing that God is always with us. It's important to look back and think about what Emmanuel meant to some of those in Scripture. But as we look back at, the, at them, as, as we talk about Jesus and what He's done, you see the reality that we will have to face, if not today, one day, and that's why we challenge us to face that today before it's too late, is what will we do? What have we done with Emmanuel? Today, are you a Christian? Have you given your life to Jesus Christ? Have you been buried in that watery grave of baptism declaring, listen, I believe in Jesus Christ. Not only do I believe, I want to act on that belief. And I want to die with Jesus Christ, coming in contact with His death, burial, and resurrection and that precious blood that was shed on the cross. To rise in newness of life and go on your way rejoicing. Because now, 
you have Emmanuel, God with us. Maybe it is you're here today, and I know this is a season of joy, but maybe you have some burdens that you want to share with your church family or with our church family uh, to ask us to pray with you, and we will, and we will lift you before the Father today. Maybe it is you just need to return to your first love. Whatever, you, whatever your reason is today, don't hesitate. What a beautiful opportunity we have on the Lord's Day before a time when people will be celebrating and thinking about Jesus' birth. You have the opportunity to, to give back to God because of the greatest gift He gave to us by giving your life to Him, by rededicating your life to Him, or just by saying, church family, I need prayers. Whatever your need is today, we ask that you will come forward and let us assist you any way we can. That's together we stand and sing. Hallelujah.